<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you got to do it. It's the lowest hanging fruit. You got to do it. Guys, so we did. wanted to come in real quick and let you guys know a couple things about this episode. It was awesome. Yep. Um, one, there's some colorful language in there. Yeah, okay? there's some fruity languages, some of my English friends say. Yeah, some fruity language. So, heads up. Um, two, Dave, you take number two. Number two, I, I just want to confess something because we're <laughs> in the trust tree and this is a safe place. I was very excited about this interview. I sort of had a lifelong question I'd always wanted to ask him about one of his movies. I'm not going to give it away, guys, because then you're not going to listen. Who am I kidding? You're going to listen. It's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> but, uh, but because of asking that question, um, it meant we didn't have time to ask our usual last two Dadville questions. So I think in some ways, I feel like he could probably figure out what he would have said to those two things because he sort of mentions them in passing. I think um, he would have said in different like, ways. What's the one thing you want your kids to know? I think after having the conversation with us and it going so well, I think, and I could tell he wanted to say this. I think he would say, I would want them to know your guys' music. Music. That's, I was going to say the exact same thing. He said it in his eyes. Um, So I'm sorry for that. I I, I was not a good judge of time and space continuum. And I decided to ask one more question that was a selfish question, but I think you're going to love it. And it meant the last two didn't happen. Thank you. But we, we literally just did the, the interview with Matthew McConaughey and we spent the last 40 minutes just talking about how much fun it was. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to give you guys those couple heads up. Hey guys, it's Matthew McConaughey. If you're ever going to forgive us for an episode, it's probably this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for being with us. So one of the things that we do with Dadville is when we start, we, we, we start with brag sheets, which is basically like all of our guests sort of amazing accomplishments in the world. And today, John and I were laughing as we were sort of prepping yesterday. It feels like, uh, you know, you sort of, you're coming in hot. I mean, it's, it's the double M, you know, you got the parade that's already been through the town. Everybody knows what's about to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's, all set, it's all set up. Everybody's excited. Well, and your publicist uh, made it very clear. We only have three and a half hours, so we can't even. Perfect. Perfect. I was pushing we don't have, four. We don't have time to do that. Three and a half max. <laughs> we were so, so, like I said, you don't really need an introduction. 
we could share, you know, in passing, obviously you've been nominated for an Emmy that you've won an Academy Award, which still blows my mind or something to me that I think is super awesome is I didn't know this till like two weeks ago. Is it you you were in the first video was the Trisha Yearwood walk away, Joe, which to me, top 10 songs of all time. Any genre. Really? Oh, dude. Don Henley in that song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I so to the He's the thing, wrong I, kind of paradise, dude. I'm telling you, it is literally one of my the piano, the piano solo at the end of that song. It will forever live in infamy to me. It is, but I didn't even know you had done that. Like yeah. literally, randomly pulled it up to watch it and listen to it while I was working, and I was like, wait a second, is that a young Matthew That's McConaughey guy running across the field, jumping in the stream? <laughs> sneaking out of that motel room. How how old were you then? I was twenty. Uh, Maybe two, okay. maybe twenty one. Down here, going okay. to school, University of Texas. Had him, had my pager on my hip. Where if my if Madonna, Donna Adams town age, she said, "Hey, can you go down and and uh, and be in San Antonio in two hours to to audition for that Dwight Yoakam video?" I'm like, "Tell my teachers later. I'm out. I'm out. Bam! <laughs> drive down, drive down to San Antonio. I'll go in. Batted about. I don't know. Went batted about oh for seventeen until." The Trish year would be until there. that one. Yeah, that is amazing. It's I mean that song to me is iconic. So we could do those, but I tell you the brag sheet to me, it feels like it has to be from the book because I I feel like when I read this I was like this sort of feels like a LSD trip Mad Lib. That's what <laughs> I read. These I was like it literally sounds like you just put somebody on some heavy drugs and then give them some blanks in a paragraph. And this is what it'd come up. I mean, so a few of these, I've had 78 stitches sewn into my forehead by a veterinarian. Okay. <laughs> my nephew ran over me with the jet ski in Navarre beach, Florida. Uh, next thing I know we're going down the road, man, it's one of those late afternoon sub Florida monsoons coming down. I'm in the passenger seat and I'm going like, dad, I'm okay. And I keep blinking the sign. I keep thinking I got water in it. But it's every time I was blood. blood and it, it was sagging. So my eye was oh. my, my eye was like and I remember reaching up for the, uh, the 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 vanity mirror to have a look at it. And as I reached up, my, I felt this hand, my dad driving, reached over and grabbed my hand to stop me. And when he did that and he goes, no, don't look. I knew it was bad because yeah. my dad's yeah. like, hey, rub it. You know what I mean? No, no, no. And this guy went, and all of a sudden this lump came up at the back of my head and we were driving down the road. And my dad's doing 90. And all of a sudden, he pulls over quick to make a quick U-turn. Pulls in this vet. Get out! Uh, in there, and he goes. Well, he goes. You need to show him up. And he goes. Well, sir, I'm 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 a veterinarian. I don't do people. He goes. He's gonna be your first. Get him. <laughs> he's gonna be your first. <laughs> there's so many. There's Get so ready many to things. update your LinkedIn page. Look, he he's did a knockout first. job, man. He did. I mean, it looks, it looks great. It looks amazing. Especially for someone who's on camera so much. It's amazing that that's like, that's still thing. I just love that your dad at some point too had a moment where he's like, okay, this is a critical moment. I can either turn in here for a guaranteed some sort of stitch up or I got to keep driving and find something potential. Uh, you know? he went for the soonest stitch you can find, man. And it worked out. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> it's a better job than I've seen. Many dermatologist surgeons do. Man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think the other thing, too, sorry, this just gives me the giggles, is that your dad, the best part was that at some point in that decision, he went, no, this is a good idea. <laughs> Get out oh. of anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, it was a lead pipe cinch. No, no second guessing. <laughs> also, the thing that I, I'm just putting my, myself in your dad's shoes as he's driving the car and you're reaching for the vanity mirror. My first thought is, I mean, I'm sure he was like, no, Matthew, I don't want you to see this. But also, I don't want you to get blood all over the vanity mirror. I, I don't know if he gave a damn about the blood because there was enough blood all over anyway. Because oh, remember, he had his truck that he drove. And I, I think I, I think I may have wrote about this in the book. He was one of those drive down the road, window cracked, AC on high. You know, FM station one decibel, one digit off of the state. The station's 937. He'd have it on 938. With the city here, smoking, driving, and another one lit in no. the ashtray, and he just flicking the general area. So the carpet beneath the ashtray 
was just a melted God. hard brown <laughs> wax of about the size of a basketball. So I don't know how much. <laughs> Wait, is that about? Is it about speed and efficiency? Like, what is that move? What's the lit cigarette waiting? It's all about the lit cigarette speed. waiting is forgetting he had the first one lit. Oh, we caught him on Father's Day. We caught him on Father's Day playing up. He 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 hit a shot and he was proud of it. Pulled out a cig and lit it up. And we were like, Dad, what what about the one you just set down on top of the tea, on top of the blue tea? And he looked over and without missing a beat, he goes, he went and picked that one up and he goes, had them both. He goes, It's Father's Day, boy. I can have two if I want. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, without missing a beat, he was smooth like that. I mean, that is incredible. So the I mean, the rest of this, it's incredible. I mean, this four concussions from falling out of four trees to Bongo naked. I mean, that story resisted arrest, a personal favorite runner up little Mr. Texas runner up. I, I would love to know. I thought about this reading. I was like, I would love to know who the other runner ups were I mean, and what they went on. I don't know. The, <laughs> I don't know who the other runner ups were, but I did just meet the winner. You did. A guy um, that I knew from Uvalde. I caught, we did a zoom. We were talking about the book. And he goes, hey, I got somebody I want to introduce you to. And he zoomed in. And, and no he, way. You know, I was that guy. I was the winner. And we were like, yeah, my mom told me, you know, that since your parents have, you had a nicer suit than I did. We couldn't afford it. She said that I mean, was cheating. She, I mean, that is, there were so many things in the book that great to me. That killed it. I, okay, the last one, though, to me, which I, I just, I stared at the sentence for like five minutes and just laughed out loud. At this, for two years, I led the, I can't say it without laughing, the under-12 soccer league in red cards as a goal, as a goalie. And I, all I could imagine is that about every 40 minutes, you would just go Bruce Lee, double-legged, kick some, like, uh, uh, forward running in, in the chest. Well, and that, what, I, what I did was this. I wasn't afraid of contact, and a lot of the other goalies <laughs> at that time were. Yeah. And I yeah. figured out, you know, remember that when you're a kid, you start, you start playing goal and you're like, do I stay back or do I go out? Right. right, right yeah, yeah. No, you go out because it could geometrically cuts off the how much of the net they can get in. Yeah. And remember, so what I would do is I'd hang in the goal and I here comes a striker free running. And I would time my sprint to just tackle his legs just when he got six inches in the box. Okay. That was my area, right? Outside the box. Right. About, well, I got so good at it. The other coach, and he, at first it was like, well, they never call a, give a yellow or red card on that goalie, you know? Right. But it got to be such a good tactic, and I'd just go barreling in, shoulder down, and just flip them. And they just, you know, they'd go 180 and do a flip over me, and I'd have the ball and get up. And, and, and because they were like, I can't believe he's going out and putting himself in harm's way. We're not going to call a foul on him. Well, the other coaches started going, this is BS, man. He's taking our players out. So they started pulling red cards on me. I mean, that is, I have, I literally, because I'm a huge soccer fan, I have laughed so much just seeing, like, one goalie, so many red cards slowly accumulating over time. And they're like, I think that's a McConaughey kid. Like, you better wrap your legs up. He comes in hard. Oh, and I love that you stuck with it, too. You were like, once they caught on to you, you are like, I'm not changing my tactic. Well, like, I got the second year, new referees, I had a few games where I got away with it for a while. And then those coaches right. were like, oh, this is what that little SOB did last year, man. You got to get it. It's like, whoo, red card. And you'll always think it's going to be on the offensive player, right? They'd be like, no. Right. Right. Holy right. Cow. You're out. You're out. And then you got your forward playing goalie the rest of the game. who's like, you know, four foot two. And you're just getting pummeled, <laughs> staring at you on the sideline. And you're like, look, man, that's what I do. <laughs> that's why they bring in the big dogs. Uh, okay. All right. So we have so, so many. I literally have five pages of questions right here that I, that I know we're not going to get in. And Which is good because we have three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, we love the book. It's so, right. it's so great. It's so crazy. It's so, it's all the things. There's like, I cried when you wrote about having a daughter. I mean, I'm laughing mm. multiple times. I mean, and I don't know that there's ever been a book that uh, has been thrown around in, in, our circles that so many people in our circles have read. I feel like really? everyone yeah. has read this book and loved it. Yes. How, how, um, let me ask you this. How did it get, how, how to, get to you all? My wife uh, is in a book club and they 
they read your book this this latest like month they read your book in the book club so and then she it's, said it's, hey, you'll dig this i mean i yeah. think the i think the cover helps you know <laughs> <laughs> well that may help the book club but <laughs> so for instance so for instance hey kai's got a book out there called green lights both of you okay cool i'm not in a rush to read it or hey that might be cool maybe i'll get around to that or no i don't want to read it so does someone come i've had some people tell me that they were like look man i was like i don't think i'll read that maybe i will and then i had enough people tell the people tell me i had enough people go no dude check 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 it out it's it's i will say that is definitely happening like i i feel like it's it's catching on that people are it's just such a great book that i think some people are uh you know aware of it because you're you're such a you know mega star so people know that the book is out and then some people start reading it and then it and then people start saying like you said like no you you actually this is a really really great book i personally i think that you have you have a and have always had this sort of unique voice you know like your perspective is like uh it's just very unique. It's very uh, intriguing. You know what I mean? So even if I had only seen a handful of your movies or whatever, and then heard that you had a, uh, a book out, I, there's a part of me that's like, I kind of want to, I kind of want to see what that guy has to say. Well, you know, know? The, da- <laughs> the danger is with me, like I, I, it literally feels like, um, um, you know, why would I want to read a book that Michael Jordan wrote? Because it's just going to be like, and then I won and then I won some more. And then I went to bed and I got up and I was like, I won. So part of my insecurity was like, the last thing I want to do is have this guy who's such a stud, who's so fascinating, be like, let me tell you some cool things about me. So I can bench press like four times my weight. Uh, you know, I'm married to this beautiful woman. Yeah. But what was so great about it, and I think what happened is it was crazy. And I've seen this with a few books in the last couple of years, and yours has been the most recent one, is – everybody that I read it, that read it said, you have to read it. And I was like, Oh wow. And they're like, no, like it is the most fascinating. Uh, and so it's funny because I bought it. I mean, you know, my wife read it and it's made her want to write a book and I'm not lying. So that's a huge kudos to you. But I bought, I had a friend that just had a birthday this week and I went to the Amazon store in Nashville and bought it for him. Cause I was just like, ah, you got to read cool. this. You know what I mean? Because I think once you read it, it, it's, it's a really cool thing, which John had a great question he's going to eventually get to. But I think the thing that's so cool about what you did is you really do open this window. Cause I think for those of us who are in the industry, you know, John and I play music, like we kind of know that world and you kind of know like, okay, there's sort of like what you have on stage and then there's your life behind it or, you know, but I think it's so rare when you see someone that's had the success you have and feels as ubiquitous as you are, that really gives a genuine sort of like, no, I, I mean, let me tell you kind of what I think about and what's what's been wins and what's been losses and in my life, because I think there's such a um, discipline about being careful about that, you know, in our right. industry, in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And so I think it's so refreshing to see someone that is perceived as such a successful, uh, competent guy go, hey, let me tell you some other things that are really interesting about me. And I'll tell you for me, which, you know, I really want to talk about later. I think the intentionality piece is so compelling. Yeah. It's such a fascinating thing to hear some, I, I think the last thing that the gravity, the inertia of the human spirit, in my opinion, it's always toward comfort. You know, it's always toward right. gathering and then nesting. And I think it's so interesting to see you. And I think that's one of the things that makes a book so compelling is that you're kind of like, there's always this thing that seems to be in you. That's like, it always takes a hard left right at that point. You know, and mm-hmm. so I think yeah. it's so fun to read about that because there is something that sort of uh, it sort of pings in everybody that reads it. I think that goes like, God, I kind of wonder if I should do that, too. And if right, he's right, doing right. it, you know, if there's ever yeah. a guy that could go like, I'm going to take some money and build a house on a hill and like throw the deuce, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, I think that's one. Of the I, I think, you know, and I think what you're alluding to um, that I'm. I hope I got across somewhat in the book that I want to continue to get across and maybe it's some subject material of the, of the next book, but it's the idea of um, chasing yet. Mm. Like, like I was, I was, pa- I passed and going out to Lano, Texas yesterday, passing Pootie's Roadhouse. <laughs> Is that a real place? Yeah. Pootie's with, uh, um, um, with plays with Dwight or manages Dwight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, okay. And it said crawfish boil this Sunday, 4 PM till. And I was like, 
what a great title for an album, Four Till. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, you know what? That's like chasing it. It's life is, everything's till. <laughs> everything's mm. dead. And if we don't go, oh, can I make it? And then get to my 50s. Oh, go comfort, settle down, check out. Thank you, world. We got, you know, because you get there and then you're still restless. You're right, still, right. you know, you yeah. got I mean, a lot of friends that retire and, and then, then they're going like, they're, they turn in, they, I go, look what you've turned into. <laughs> and they're like, no, I hate it. It's like, we never get there. We always right, think right. we're going to get to this place or get happiness or find this personal life and we're going to go, ta-da. Yeah. And it's, it's BS. You don't. Right. It's yeah. another, it's a real summit, but there's always so many other summits on the other side. Right. So right. in our mind, right. it's all yet. We're not even going right. to get there in this lifetime. Let's just see how many summits we can get to the top of in this lifetime, knowing that we're just barely scratching the surface. Yeah. 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 That's really well. Dave. John. I feel like I've been shouting this from the rooftops to the point where mm. I'm maybe being annoying about it, but I just have to talk about it because I love it so much. You're too kind, John. I know you. our friendship means a lot to it. Yes, you do talk about it. You'll get up on your roof and be like, I just love Dave. And I'm always like, hey, you know, get off the, say it a little louder at my dot com okay. just to really let the people well, know. I do appreciate that. This is a little bit awkward because I was actually going to talk about methodical coffee. You know what? I was going to guess that is number two. Uh, I don't disagree. I mean, it hurts, but right. I get it. It's methodical coffee. You do know they were voted one of the best roasters in America by Gear Patrol. So clearly it's justified. I mean, look, methodical roasts their coffee to best express the life it lived. Respect mm. the bean, the Come place, on, the weather, the soil, and to honor the skilled people who cultivated it. I couldn't do it. I love Methodical because it offers a wide variety of flavor profiles that range from classics that are bold and chocolatey, how I describe you, contemporary mm -hmm. that are medium bodied and fruity. I also how I describe That's myself. You. And all the way to avant-garde that push conventions. That's how I describe us collectively. Methodical also roasts coffee to order, so you always receive the freshest beans possible. Mm. So John, shout this from your rooftop. If you visit methodicalcoffee.com and use the discount Dadville at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first order. I'll shout that right after I finish my first cup of methodical no, coffee. That's, that's a good Order a good now move. at methodicalcoffee.com and use the discount code Dadville. So has there been anything that feels different to you now that you have released this book that is so intimate. Um, you know, you've been famous and known for, now let me say it this way. You've been famous for like 25 years, but now you, that this book is out, you are like known and that it's been so successful and people have, you know, Dave and I know all this stuff about you now that's been right. really great and really wise and really insightful and all that kind of stuff. But is, does it feel different now that the, that, that people know you now? I, I feel more freedom. Hmm. Yeah. I got more courage. Uh -huh. It's, 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 it's uh, easier in some ways because I don't have to wear that. And you spoke about it, Dave, that instinctual hat that we put on that we go, well, I just what I do, but I need a little gap between who I'm showing myself to be and actually what I really got, who right. I really am. I've closed that gap with the book, but I think what's been great and, and, and somewhat expected, I was intentional about it with what I, what, I, what I revealed in the book and what I didn't, is that I've had very few people go, oh, man, look what I found out about you. <gasps> they, they, they start the conversation, that, but they, they keep talking. They go, and that's what I found out about me. Right, you know, right, I know I saw right. my stories in your stories. And so <clears throat> it, it, it's not like I opened up my bedroom door or my chest right, right. and said, look at these secrets I've been keeping. You know, and I didn't want the book to be that. It's why, for instance, early on, I got asked, hey, why didn't you go into more of the story about being molested when you were in that mm -hmm. band in Australia or being uh, uh, um, blackmailed into first time having sex? I'm going, because that would have been the headline. Yeah, that yeah, would have been great. what people would have voyeured over. That's what people would have put in bold print. You'd have thought that's what the book's about, or you'd have thought it's a memoir of me coming forward, going, "Look what happened to me, mm. and here's how I made it through my struggle." No, that isn't what I want. I didn't want to. So I was trying to be very careful to just 
I'm not going into that story. It, it, I could. It could be a great chapter. But boy, yeah. that would have been whatever yeah. would have been a voyeur yeah. on. And they'd have missed that their own story in it. So I'm happy that people are, you know, yeah, you, you're seeing a lot of stuff that, that, that maybe you wouldn't think I would share. But people are seeing, I think, their own humanity yeah. in it. And so it seems to be that I'm tapping a nerve that people are saying, oh, I'm like you. You're like me. Oh, shit. Like you said, this isn't a story of all just, oh, I don't want to go read McConaughey. Oh, McConaughey won again? <laughs> no, you're going to use, I, I step in shit more than I, more than I don't. You know what I mean? Well, you know, one um, of the things that I love that you wrote about was the the role that you were getting ready for. And you were like, I'm going to wake up and take like a double shot of tequila first thing in the morning. Oh, my God. I'm going to oh, run five miles a day barefoot. <laughs> Stand yeah. at the edge of the the roof and I'll get your heart rate down. Barn, get my heart rate down at forty foot drop of cement and and wrestle the cows at midnight. Right in the cows, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think plan. it's so it, it's helpful, honestly. Like for like Dave and I, for like just to see a dude like you to yes, just be honest yes. and be like, yeah, I set these goals like a badass, and and it didn't work. It didn't work out. Well, you know, too, Matthew, you say something I think that's really profound. One of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard in my life, and I live by this quote, is whenever we come together sharing strengths, it breeds competition. Whenever we come together sharing weaknesses, it breeds community. And so I think what you see in a book like yours where you're so forthcoming with this stuff, and I think the reason that people see themselves in it is – vulnerability always invites community if you'll receive it because there's this part of us that goes, Oh my gosh, I feel that way. And you feel that way. And all of a sudden we have a real bond, not a bond around competition, not a bond around success, but a bond about humanity. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that, you know, that you're saying with that, that's so compelling is because you chose the things you did to share, it breeds that thing. And I think that's another reason the book is so fun to read is because I think everybody goes like, God, I've, I had a task I wanted to do and just wonderfully, miserably yeah. failed at it. Yeah. And, he, and he's done that too. And yet he's gone on to do these great things. Right. And he lives this really amazing life and, and adventurous life. So I think there is something in the book that's so compelling too, because it's so open. It's so, right. um, it's not just the wins, you know, it's the losses too. The which whole, is, I hope I was trying to share the whole rodeo. Yeah. You know, we're all trying to get our eight seconds. It's, civilization's a bitch, man. <laughs> that should be your working title for the second for the second uh, book. You know, I mean, it, it's yeah. So in that way, it's been it's been freeing. I don't feel like I'm under more of a of a of a microscope. If anything, I, I'm I'm in, in, I'm more honestly. I think maybe maybe more honestly approachable. Yeah. Um, uh, and people come, you know, it's cool. It's look for the first time I'm going down the street and people go, Hey, McConaughey, love the book, man. Green lights. To hear that. Not, it's not a movie. I'm like, yeah, that's yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yes. You know, yes. I wrote, yes. I, I wrote a book. I wrote it. I directed it. I, with yeah. some help, I edited it. You know what I mean? It's like, if it works, I, I can look in the mirror and go, good job, McConaughey. If it failed, I got to look in the mirror and go, that's on you. It was, <laughs> you know? You'll put that in the next book. You know, <laughs> that's right. It's one more thing to talk about. You know? So, so can you speak to, again, I think this is something I love talking to guests about on this show is, and I don't know that it feels like you're one of the preeminent people we've had that does this. And it was something that was so compelling about the book to me is this idea of intentionality. I mean, I think that's one thing I want to be so bad that I struggle so much with is this, is this real sense of purposed living that sometimes moves toward pain and sometimes it moves toward pleasure and whatever, but, but, but there's a real purpose behind it. And I think that is something that is so compelling about the way that your brain works. Um, that is so interesting to me. Can you, can you speak to sort of like where that comes from and why that? Yeah. Look, I'm going to, I, I think it's quite related to what I was talking about earlier, like chasing yet or till, Hmm. you know, spiritually I've, I'm working to be in this for the long game. Mm. The, the the result that I'm not going to get in this life, you know, the result that, hey, maybe can, is there possible to be on the way to infinite? Mm. You know, are we immortal, man? Is this all we got in hell? If it's not, then why not? Then let's just get after it and do the best we can and be our truest selves anyway. Either way you argue it, you know what I mean? If you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a believer, non-believer, shit, both ends, both lean you to the same thing. Why why not? Let's, mm. let's, let's see if we can get <laughs> this life. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, but I, I'm a big fan of delayed gratification, meaning that's what I mean by the yet until. Mm. If it, we're such a immediate result oriented people, and mm. I'm for hedonism and immediate results, and I have my cake and eat it too, and all that stuff. But I try to measure with each decision that I make, and wait, what's what am I gonna like? I'll hop into my ten year old to myself ten years from now, sixty one, and go, what's sixty one year old Matthew gonna look mm. think about this decision? Let's yeah. have an objective look. It's kind of like, it's why I'm a fan of people talking about themselves in the third person. It's actually a form of awareness. You jump out, you become a jumbotron. You're the Google eye in the sky and you're having a look. Well, let me, I think I know what I am doing and what I feel like I'm doing. Well, let me have a look and see if, how, what that looks like. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, and your intentions, values and intentions change through our, through our, our life. You get family, you get kids, you, get, you start living for the future in even a different way. We're couriers of our children when we head out into the world on our own and we're on the other side of the globe. But I think just that question of what are we doing, man? <laughs> what are we doing here? It's a great question. Even if we don't yeah. have the answer, it's kind of like, come on, man. Let's see what we can pull off. Even if that, even if that's where you go, just go yeah. to the, even if you just say, let's see what we can get away with. But then the question becomes, well, get away with what? That doesn't mean, well, shit, I might as well lie, lie cheat and steal because right. none of it matters. No, it's kind of right there when you realize that none of it matters <clears throat> is where I think we all of a sudden go, oh, that's why it all matters. <laughs> so let's get it on. You know? So I don't know if that is a backward way of answering yeah. the question, but it's, I, I don't believe that this is it. This life we got is mm. it. Mm. Yeah. And, it, and mm. I don't know that. No right. one knows that. But if it is mm. it. I don't know. I hope, uh, you know, they leave a decent scorecard. If it's yeah. not it, and we get to, and we, we, we go meet our, the prime mover or whatever, I hope he says to me, hey, good first round, buddy. You, know? you just say the prime mover because that's the best name I've ever prime heard. Prime mover. Oh, I picked that up in Sunlight Baptist Church in New Orleans now. Oh, that preacher was gone for four. I called the Waymaker. Prime mover. <laughs> Never, it was me, Camille, and, the kids, and this all-black church, and no, we were the only ones there. And he'd say this every Sunday. He goes, uh-huh. Looks like New Orleans Saints more important than being in the house of God. No, no. Everyone would stay home because the Saints would play at noon, and they wouldn't come to church. That's amazing. <laughs> the prime mover did not like that. No. That is amazing. Oh my gosh! Well, I want to want I want to ask some things about your dad because yeah. I, you talk a lot about your dad in in the book, and you know this podcast is called Dadville, obviously. And so, uh, here's one thing that I think about a lot as a dad. I have two girls. Dave has three kid, two two boys and a girl. I I think a lot about healthy fear. Right, my kids do not fear me. I don't know where I, I went wrong with them. There is no fear there, right? I, I had a healthy fear of my dad when I was growing up. I would say mm. I, maybe I still have a healthy fear of my dad. My, if my dad goes into a, a, a tone, certain tone of voice, I yeah. think it would probably, you know, I'd be 13 again, you know? Yeah. There's a healthy fear there. And there, there, I feel like there was a healthy fear that you had of your dad and your brothers had of your dad. How, how, what's that relationship like with your kids now? Do you think about it in that same way? Is that something that you think about? Yeah, it's a great question and a great thing that I think all dads, you know, consider in some form or another. I, I wrote this in the book. It's a, um, there were things that I did not do that I knew I shouldn't do because of fear of the consequences from my father. Yeah. So there were yeah. things where I was like, Mm, risk reward here, boys. Yeah, <laughs> y'all go ahead. Uh, -uh. you know, yeah. um, that I'm glad I had that fear kept yeah. me from doing that thing. Mm. Um, look, I try to have you know, with my kids, I say this all the time. I'm like, yeah, mm. I want to be their friend, but boy, I've seen some kids go wrong where they're when their parents were just trying to be their best damn friend. From yeah, the yeah. You know, there's time we got to go. No, we're a parent. We got to give ourselves some credit. We've lived more years. We have experience we're trying to talk to our kids. We, hey, can you come to us? Promise you. 
me and you, me and your, me and your mother are street man. We 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 we've experienced some things, man. We, we you're not going to bring something up that we're going to go. I had no yeah. idea. You feel that way, so come on, right. share it with us. Right. And also trying to teach him, you know, if you screw up and you come up, and you go, ah, that was me. I forgot to feed the dogs. Rather than going, oh uh, yeah, I fed them, and you catch your yeah. line, you're going to get in more trouble for the lie than you are for coming and going. Hey, my bad, my bogey. Yeah, yeah, right. Whatever that chore was or something. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Now you got to walk that line because if there's too much fear, sometimes I've seen my kids try to weasel out of it. You go, why didn't you just come tell me? I had that mm. fear in the story where I wouldn't tell my dad I stole the pizza. Right. I had a fear. What he was wanting me to do is to, if I'd have told him, yeah, stole it. He'd, he'd you know, instead of backhanding me like he did for lying four times in a row. Right. I As I'm it. reading that part of the book, I am so rude. I'm talking to you so loud. I'm like, dude, just tell him. Just tell, tell him right. you did it. Uh, well, I that's what see I, how this is going to play I, out. I say this to, to, you know, we tell all our kids out there. If you come home one night and you started, did steal a pizza or whatever you did wrong, if your parent says some version of, so did you pay for that pizza? <laughs> you know right then that they know you didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But no, he said, did you pay for it? And I was like, it went through my head. That's not a normal question. Uh, <laughs> he's never asked me that before, but maybe there's a slight chance he doesn't know. So yeah, I think I, I mean, we, yeah, I had my, I had my, I had my allowance and my, my, I had my wallet on, you know, <clears> already, <throat> and he asked again, now I'm digging deeper. Now after the second time, he asked me third time. I'm like, I'm in too deep. I got to keep walking the plank. But yeah. I know, third time login, fourth time login, he backhands me. I go to the floor. I did not go to the floor from the blow of his hand. I mm. went to the floor because I was standing on these lactic acid, coward ass legs, being a <laughs> little weasel liar I was being. You know, I was asking for it. Right. You know? And I, you know, I don't choose, Camilla and I don't choose to uh, raise our children by the same means that my parents did. Mm. My parents were a physical family, as you read mm. the book. They thought, mm. they, they thought that grounding was like horrible because it's like it takes mm. away your time and your time is most important. I'm like, man, that's pretty clever. But it was, you know, it was quick. You got it and it was forgotten and you weren't injured. You cried because you got the belt or that kind of that. We don't, Camilla and I don't choose to raise our kids with that type of discipline. Mm. Not, and we talk things out a hell of a lot more. And y'all know, Man, talking out's good, but son of a gun, man, you gotta sometimes get there where you just gotta go because I said so. Not yeah, right. time to go to bed because if you keep talking, you'll go. You'll talk. Start a conversation <laughs> Saturday. You're gonna miss church, <laughs> whether there's a Saints game or not. You're, you're gonna miss church and the game. Work on Monday. You go. You can talk till Thursday. Yeah, yeah. You know. So there comes a time where you just gotta go. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Um, and if look, if, if we when we can pull it off or we make our kids understand. This is for you, man, this is going to if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll yeah. have more long term pleasure. You'll yeah. be a better character. If I let you slide here, then I'm doing I'm bogeying you. I'm doing yeah. you a disservice. And right. damn it, me and your mom thought we were going to have some quiet time at 830 tonight. And now here right. we are at midnight again. Right. <sighs> But damn it, if we let you slide, you're going to think you're going to miss, you screw up on the little things, you're going to start screwing up on the big things. I mean, yeah. I think my kids, I hope they have, I hope I'm balancing that right with a healthy amount of fear. Um, yeah. And as y'all know, different kids, I've been, this has been on my mind a lot lately. When they're super young, how old are y'all kids? Y'all's kids? Uh, mine are five and eight. Okay, and then, five and eight. But and then I'm Dave's nine, right in between six there. and four. Yeah. Nine what? Six and four. Okay. So you're coming in that, you're that period, maybe you're still in it, where there's a rule across the board for all the kids. Right. That's it. But you'll start, they be, start to become their own little individuals. And now, with I got 12, 11, 8, I'm using this line. I'll treat you fairly, but I won't treat you all the same. Wow. Right? Because mm -hmm. my eight-year-old will try and get away with stuff and, like, look at something and go, I'm not going to do it. Make the conscious, intentional choice. Now, my daughter, who's 11... If she doesn't do a choice, it's because she just absolutely forgot. She never made the intentional choice to go, nah, you know, no, she's not trying to get away with anything. So <laughs> if she forgets to feed the dogs and the eight-year-old doesn't, I got to treat them differently. I got yeah. I, I to gotta, I gotta show them consequences di differently because one just forgot. Yeah, right. And the other one intentionally looked at it and said, not doing it.
No, so you start to customize. <laughs> you got to know your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you'll see if you aren't in that stage now, it really starts to happen, you know, because another one I can just go, hey, that loud of a voice. And that's like, yeah. that's enough, man. Attention getter, yeah. you got me. I got another kid who that tone of voice, he didn't even turn around. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Well, he's turned around like, here. Yeah. let's do this. <laughs> Puts his cigarette out, grabs another cigarette. <laughs> Bruce Lee's on you. He's just like rips his shirt. He's like, Padre. Yeah. You know, check out my new tattoo. <laughs> I got these on the street. Johnny. Dave. You know, you know this about me. I take my mm-hmm. condiment game really seriously. I don't yeah. joke in the streets about this, okay? No, you don't. You're all seriousness, yeah. possibly yeah. too serious, but go ahead. Well, let me, because of my love for this and my serious nature, I have to take a moment to talk about Truff. It's in heavy rotation at my house. Heavy is the highest amount. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got some too at my house and the love is real, Dave. It's truffly the best hot sauce. You see what I did there? It blends black truffles, which truffles just make everything better, but combined with ripe chills and savory spice and a little touch of organic agave. It's a flavor explosion in your mouth. So let me walk you through my day yesterday, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. I made some eggs. Boom. I put on some truff sauce, okay? Yep. Yep. I made a turkey sandwich. Boom. I put some truff spicy mayo on it. And listen, Dave, I'm not even a a hot sauce guy. No, no. But I loved it. We had pasta for dinner, and I used truff pasta sauce. It's changing the game in the McLaughlin household. I mean, you you're, you're, you guys are getting crazy over there. Right. I'm not one for hot sauces either, as we've talked about. But truff actually has flavor and depth that I'm finally on the choo-choo hot sauce train. Yeah, we're not alone. You know, I see yeah. people talking about truff all the time. It's the number one best-selling sauce on Amazon and at Whole Foods. Gotta have it, guys. So right now, get 15% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code DADVILLE at truff.com. That's 15% off everything at truff, T-R-U-F-F, as in fantastic, dot com, and use the code DADVILLE at checkout. And I just placed another order because I love that sauce. By the um, you know, one of the things it well, you know, what I was going to say, you're so, you're so right. That's one of the things that's been really interesting is some of the counsel we got literally from a counselor that my wife and I saw for a while is that that really, you do have to treat the kids according to how they are not like, this is the Barnes way we do things. It's like, no, you are like this. You're like this. You're like, so, but the thing to your point, Matthew, is you really got to pay attention then. Like you can't be the parent that's like, Hey, that's what we do here. It's like, okay, who did what? Okay. Okay. I know you're like, this. It yeah, it's more work. work. Yeah. It's more yep. work. Yeah. You know, no, it's a hell of a lot harder to follow through on than just saying yes. I mean, nah. so much harder. Um, another thing that the other thing I want to talk about with your dad, I thought was really fascinating. And I love this quote, and I'm so fascinated to know what it did, if it did to your brain, is it, it, one, it's hysterical, but it's really profound too. I'd rather lose money having fun than make money being bored. And I'm just imagining that that's a pretty big sort of marker. To hear your dad say, because you could, because we have a lot of dads that say, every dollar you make, you put a dollar away. Or, you know, th- there's yeah. a lot of ide- ideologies you can choose from as a dad to sort of Im- imbue into your children. You know, like, yeah. this is how we do it. But that's a really unique one. I mean, that is a really unique one. And he didn't let, he didn't let me know that one until I was 18. He didn't get oh, wow. when okay. I was a youngster, okay. youngster. When a youngster, youngster is every damn dollar and don't, don't you ever pass a penny you don't pick up. Cause every penny wow. counts, you know what I mean? And, yeah, wow. but, but later in life when I'm like, I mean, he was a Ponzi scheme chasing boogaroo, dude. I mean, he, he went to, he, he loved it. If it, he, I mean, if I could just hit a lick, you know, look at these pictures of us in Ecuador. I invested in the diamond mine. Look at me coming out of the jungle with you, with your mother. And I got the machete. Oh man, we could hit a lick. I might just become a millionaire. There weren't no damn diamonds in there, down there, man. It was a scam. But he got to go and go in the jungle and go, wow. He loved that. Sort of, let's uh, have something shady about the deal. And those people are more fun to work with. And yeah. let's go out for beer and talk about, oh, God dang, what if that could happen? Let's do it. Hot dog. Buddy, shake on that. I love this deal. You know, he's got that story about that the, the, the guy he took me behind an old abandoned strip mall. Uh, this white van sitting over there by a dumpster. It flashes his lights. We pull up. I'm like, what's going on? Pops like, stay in the car. Keep it running. 
and he gets out in the rain and sleet and he goes over there and this guy gets out in a little little black leather jacket. This guy's name is Chicago John. Chicago John got a little mustache. He opens up the back of the van. There's like a washing machine, a jam box. He goes down, reaches his shoebox, pulls this thing out, wrapped up in paper towel, and moves back over to the open side of the passenger door. He backs up into the passenger door, and all I can see is the back of my dad, this side, right? And I'm in the car, and I see my dad's elbow doing this, and I know he's just counting off bills. Right? <laughs> and he comes back in the car, hands his thing to me, says, put it in the glove box, buddy, now. And I mean, he puts it in drive and we get out of there and we're driving down the road. This is like the day before Christmas in Houston. It's raining and sleeting, 4 p.m. And we're driving down the damn 59 freeway. He's looking up out of the window like in, like in uh, Goodfellas, like the copters following us. And I'm over here going, damn, what's in there? What, what's it wrapped up in that paper towel in the damn glove compartment? We drive for about 10 minutes. He's looking around. All of a sudden, he gets over in the right lane, slows down to about 50, and he goes, open it up. And I'm like, is it a freaking ferret? A cobra? I don't, I don't know. What, what's in this thing, man? And I reach in there, and he's driving. He goes, do it, do it, do it. Open it up. And I unfold this thing, and then there's this silver Rolex watch. And my dad goes, Gosh, Daniel, buddy, look at that, man. That's a $17,000 titanium Rolex that I just got for four grand. Put it away, put it away, put it away. <laughs> he got it for four grand. That oh. wasn't a damn titanium Rolex. That thing wasn't worth a thousand bucks. <laughs> but he loved the deal. The whole deal behind the strip mall. When, when does he figure that out? Like, this, is there a revelation moment where he takes no, it to the No, it's pl- not even about figuring it out. It's just it could possibly work. We work that <laughs> thing. Adventure and, of it. And, and you know what? If I go belly up, I, got, I can go to the safe, and that thing's probably worth more than 17 grand. It's living on the hope, you know what I mean, right. of the possibility, the buzz. Yes, the yes, buzz. Yes. A, I, which I, obviously is to translated say- to you. Oh, go ahead. Dude. I mean, it's that you got that in your blood. Obviously, you got it. It iterates differently, but you got the buzz in your blood. I mean, there's that. Don't you think there's that well, little bit of hey, like? Man, I did that twenty three and me, and let me tell you, there wasn't no royalty in the McConaughey family. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of uh, um, oil salesmen and bootleggers and riverboat gamblers, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. My, I don't think my dad has ever said to me, "Keep it running." Stay in, yeah, that's stay in the car. Keep it running. <laughs> yep, never that's ever. It's a big ever. disappointment. I got to talk to my dad about that. Keep it running. <laughs> so, you know, as I was reading the book, I was thinking, I mean, you have s- so many great stories with your dad that are so intense. I feel like they're all like a lot of the pivotal like moments that you put in there that were really pivotal in your life are so intense, right? Yeah. How, do you think? Because I'm thinking as I'm reading, I'm like, how is he going to kind of like pass on these life lessons mm, to his yeah. kids in in some kind of uh, a different yeah. way? Or like, how do you replicate that? Um, I, you know, initiations, rites of passage, ritual. It's a great question because I, I had them in moments you're talking about. Intense yeah. moments of passage into young manhood and then manhood that my dad put in front of me to say, there you go. What are you going to do? That yeah. he challenged my brothers. What are you going to do? They challenged me. I'll give you four to my one. <gasps> you know, and what I, what I realize now is that, for instance, like I, him on all fours going, I'll give you four to my one. If I just swung once at him. He'd have got up and hugged me and said, that's my boy. He wouldn't, he would never going to hit me. He just wanted to see, can I, does my son, youngest have the courage to, he's going to need this courage to go negotiate life. Yeah. And when I couldn't do it, he's heartbroken. Like I lied to him at the pizza. He wasn't upset about the damn pizza. His jaw was hanging because he was like feeling like, man, my son lied to me four times in a row. I'm failing as a father. Right, mm. right. Having my son have the courage to be able to tell me he stole a damn pizza. And if I told him I stole a pizza, he'd be like, me and me too. Number one, am I, are you not getting enough allowance to pay for the pizza? Number two, buddy, if you're going to steal a pizza, you better learn how to get away with it better. It, you know, that, that would have been the conversation. <laughs> We'd have had a beer together. 
And but, then three, right. if you're going to steal a pizza, that's a big box, son. You should really think through where you're going to put a box. <laughs> gotta, yeah. <laughs> you're stealing, stealing by the slice. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm concerned at times if we have and expect and project and put enough rituals of uh, initiation and rites of passage on not only my children, but I th- the, 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 the world we live in. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not saying, hey, let's go to the African Bushman and say, son, you're not a man to you go out and slay the lion and bring home the meat. But there's great value in that. Right. Yeah. To yeah. Then be have have the courage to go negotiate life and have courage, which we could all use more of. And when we don't have these rites of passage, we don't feel like we earned it. Um, you know, I was talking with my talking with my son the other day. He's into surfing. And you well, I want to get this board, I want to get that board, I want to get a board. I said, Look, let me tell you a story, man. When I was in high school, I we had CDs. And I said, I would save up my money and get one CD. And man, I would listen to that CD 20, 25, 30, 40 times. And I knew it up and down. When I came into money, I started buying like five CDs at the time. Hmm. I didn't listen to any of the CDs near as well. Didn't give any of them the justice they deserve because I listened right. to them once and then kind of go to the next and kind of you hear, oh yeah, I've heard that album a couple of times because I had five. I didn't, I, I didn't appreciate the music. I was doing yeah. myself a disservice. I didn't doing the artist a disservice. Boy, but when I earned the money to just get that one, and have to go pick out that one. Oh man, you listen to it till it wears out. Right. There's value yeah. in that. So I wonder, you know, I've got, my kids are in an, an affluent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We can, we are, we are one of the haves. We can give them things. Boy, we try to hold back mm-hmm. and go, hey, no, we're not just going to go buy another soccer ball. Let's let's go buy the repair kit to fix the plug. Maybe it's like maintenance. You know, I don't. Right. Um, yeah. It's it, so so. I don't know. I mean, those are, those are, I, you know, talking about, you know, right to pass, what's a right to pass it down? My daughter wants an iPhone. Okay. Well, let's talk about responsibility here. Mm-hmm. And we know, you know, why don't you have that? One? Because, well, you lost that other one. This is, it's not, a, it's not a toy. Let's see if we can go, how, let's see if we can go a month with you, me not having to come behind you and say, turn off your lights in the bedroom. Me not having to say, hey, did you clean up yourself? Hey, there's a, you know, talk to her a lot about cause and effect. You know, with everything mm-hmm. you do, there's a, there's, a, there's a response or there's an outcome. If you open up to go cook breakfast, well, these are all the eggshells and stuff you got to clean up afterwards. They're not, you know, kids aren't very good at cleaning up. They don't like to, we like to get it out. We just don't like to put it all back. Right. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Think, I'm, looking, I'm always looking for things of where can they make sure they're earning it and they understand that there's a consequence for everything that we do. Mm. And that's, a, I mean, that's hinting on what I mean, what your question is about rites of passage and stuff. Yeah. I, 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 I hope that I'm putting, that Camille and I are putting enough initiations in front of the kids so they really feel they've earned get some, what, what, what they're going to get. And I, don't, you know, and I want them to be able to go out in life and be able to negotiate a life and to understand that you get out of bed, you're taking a risk. Damn right, there's scary stuff in the world. Mm-hmm. My, my, my eldest son measures cities by how many and what kind of sirens he hears a day. No hmm. way. That's how he measures a city. And he knows the difference between a, a fire truck, an ambulance, and a police car. Wow. And so like Rio de Janeiro, I heard, you know, 31 ambulances, one fire truck, and 16 police trucks. New Orleans, cool. Hearing a lot of police and ambulances. Texas, you hear more, where we are in Austin, you hear more fire trucks. You know, but he's he's measuring, and that's he he wants to go places where there's fewer ambulance and uh, fewer sirens that he hears. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I don't know. Again, I'm trying to I'm measuring those right now with what are their what are going to be their rituals and right and, and rites of passage yeah. uh, initiations because I do believe in them, and I because mm-hmm. I know they I know they've helped me yeah. become. You know, I, I say this all the time. I go. Man, I learned a lot of stuff in school. I passed those tests. Hmm. But what do I really remember? Yeah. That experience I had where I had to figure it out or I had to work to get that money, to get that CD. What do I really remember is when I had to sacrifice to get something. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a value in that. I believe there is. And I, I, I hope we're, it's hard, but it's hard to find a ritual in America. We don't, what's, what's ritual for us? Yeah. Football right. on Sunday? You know, I mean, yeah. we don't have that much 
rit- ritual no. um, that I wish we did, but. Yeah. And it's scary as a, as a parent to kind of, uh, you know, as I'm reading your book and reading all these pivotal moments, I'm like, you know, like you're saying, I want that for my kids. I want to, I want to kind of give them autonomy. You know, I, I heard at one point, like how important it is for kids to feel like they're out on their own at a certain point, like it's summertime. Like I want them to kind of go explore, even if they're just yeah. like in the backyard or whatever, it's really important for them to feel like they're on their own. Like there's a little bit of danger and I'm, you know, yeah. it's one thing for them, but for me as a, as a parent, I'm like, guys, that's too scary for me. You know what I mean? I know it's important for them, we, but it's so scary. We have to watch it though, as parents, don't we? The, the analogy I use is, is how high of li- what? What's the height of the limbs we let our kids go out on? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kids aren't afraid of the heights until they fall. Hmm. And you don't want to, you know, when they're on that limb out there, you go, man, if they fell. I mean, they're just St. Augustine on the ground, but they're still gonna they're gonna get bruised at least. That's I think usually a limb, you're like, let them keep climbing. Like, there's, a good, there's a good veterinarian down the road. Let them keep climbing. <laughs> well, then again, then they're up in the top of that dang tree. And if they fell from there, they're going to fall on cement. You start to go, this is more yeah. than a bruise. You know, so how do I say come down without making them feel fear of climbing? Because that fear is, my, is our fear. Yes, mm. yes. They're climbing yeah. just the same way as they'd climb if they were two feet off the ground with that security. But we know. Geez, if you do slip, if you do, so how do you get them to come down and say, oh, look, you got to come check this thing out down here. It's really cool. Hey, just take your time. Yeah, 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 you got it. Come, but that's how you try to, you, go, you don't go, oh, get down in there. You know, then right. they're like, whoa, 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 where's, what's the fear about? I yeah. didn't I didn't have any fear. And we don't want to take away that innocence, even that ignorance uh, or naivete too yeah, early. Yeah. But so uh, what, you know, you, you talk so eloquently about that. And one of the, my favorite moments of the book is you talk about how much you wanted to be a dad. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was so compelling. I mean, can you speak to that? Like what, what it was that, that thing yeah. in you that really wanted that? So my dad was a big sirs, ma'ams, please, thank you guy, right? And he would always introduce me to his friends. And I'd you know, look them in the eye, shake their hand, nice to meet you, sir, nice to meet you, sir. When I was eight years old, there was these three men that he introduced me to in the parking lot of this little public golf course. <laughs> God, there's a real theme here. <laughs> and they were, they were, you know, obviously much taller than I was. And... I had already said, sirs, nice to meet you, sir, to many men that he introduced me to. And on this day, for whatever reason, as I was shaking the second man's hand, nice to meet you, sir, it came in my mind that, you know what? The one common denominator about everybody you say sir to, which you're saying, as your dad said, out of respect for your elder, but the one common denominator is they're all dads. So in my eight-year-old mind was, oh, that's how you've made it. That's how you become a sir. That's how you get looked up to. That's how the world looks up and respects and holds reverence for you when you become a father. Mm-hmm. So in my eight-year-old mind, that was a very literal connection. But I look back, it was an impression, but it was a good one that stuck with me. You know? Yeah. And that's what I was like from that day. I was like, oh, I want to be a dad. That's when you've succeeded. That's when you're a sir. That is amazing. At eight, year old, at eight years old, you knew that. That you were that young. It, that's, that's, it just came across and that seemed to be like the, the epitome of success to me. And, and, and I'm happy to say I haven't argued with it, you know, along the, <laughs> along the way, it still, it still is number one for yeah. me that I think, you know, is still my, 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 my most privileged job. Yeah. Responsibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what do you, so, so one more quick question, what do you feel like, um, that's tricky about, um, like, what's the challenge your kids have with you being their dad? Like, what's the tricky thing about that? Um, access. They're getting more access than the world I was born into. Affluence. Um, you know, I write, I write that line. It would, just because you ask yourself if you want to. If you can, ask yourself if you want to before you do. Uh-huh. I live a life where we, we can. <clears throat> yeah. And your kids know we we can. Yeah. That doesn't mean we do. And so we're just, I'm going through, that's tricky. Well, that doesn't mean we, we, we don't buy that because we can afford it. We let's check and see, do we buy that? Because that's, we really going to commit to that. And you really want to take care of that and maintain that thing. Uh, you know, so that's tricky. Um, having them understand that 
just because you can, you don't just do because you can. Um, um, and then the second one that's sort of particular to being like having a famous mom and dad is how the world wants to know our business and mm-hmm. keep it through yeah. them. So how do they go live free lives? And yes, your last, your name is Levi Alves McConaughey. You're damn right. Say it straight. You know, my kid said to my son a couple of years ago, oh, I bet you live in a big house because your dad's rich and famous. Oh. And I asked Lewis, what did you, you say? He goes, oh, I kind of lo- was like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we do live in a nice house. And I was like, look, yeah, every, how did your dad become rich and famous? I go, yeah, did I get fortunate along the way? But I worked hard at what I do and I tried to be the best at my craft as I could be. Mm. And that led to what uh, gives him the ability for us to have what we have. But it was for the work that I did. Your mother, the work she's done, the person she's been and continues to be every day. The wow. recent fame or the outcomes of those. So someone asked you that again, you go, don't you lower your head at all? Because hmm. they're not going to, there are, none of them are ever going to be like, I can do what I want. They're, all, they're, they're not those kids. That, that said, hmm. the other side I want to watch them on is that they, they don't get like, you know, yeah. Well, why? Yeah. yeah why me? Or no, you look them in the eye and go, yes, we do live in a nice house. And my mom and dad work for that. And they try, they do their best to be the best people they can be. And they work hard at what they do daily. Mm. And that, that's what got us that house. And you look someone in the eye and you don't, you don't whisper, you say it out loud. Wow. Own wow. that. Own wow. that. And you are, you know, what did I tell them? I said, look, you want to get in my business? I can open doors for you. I can get you in the door. It's up to you in the door. Yeah. And, and trust me, Millions of people want to be doing, be in the business that, that your dad's in. And there ain't no help wanted signs. Everyone's really good at what they do. Uh, so if I get you in the door and you're in there because you're McConaughey's kid, but you're not awesome at the job, you're gone. And I'm not going to be there to back you up and go, no, keep him. No, you're gone. Your competence will speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can open a door for you, but your competence at what the job is <clears throat> for itself after that. Yeah. So we have two last questions we ask everybody before we release you to the wild. But I have one more question that I've always wanted to ask you that we're just going to do a quick sequitur about a time to kill. I've always wanted to ask you this. So there there are two moments. This is a bull. I'm coming in hot here. Double M. Two of my favorite movie moments are one in Mr. Holland's opus when Richard Dreyfuss gets emotional when the band starts playing. Because to me, it's like I remember even as a you know, high school, whatever it was, when I saw that scene, I was like, it looks like he really is emotional. And that's incredible to see how much he, I just remember that scene so succinctly. Like it was one of my first real movie moments of being like, wow, that guy. And the other one is, is the final summation in a time to kill. I remember when did that come out? 96. Okay. Yeah. So I would have been a senior in high school, but I remember even at that and I, and I liked movies. I wasn't like a movie buff and you know, I'm still not, I enjoy them, but I'm not like a movie file or whatever. But I remember seeing that scene and when you did that final summation and thinking that is some of the best acting I've ever seen. Like I just believed it. And I think it was that weird transcendent moment that I was like, that dude really believes what he's saying. I know it's a movie. I know he's an actor, but good gracious. Um, And I just, I've always, I literally just made a deal. I was like, if I ever meet him, I just want to say, how did you do that? Like what, why is that so convincing? Like, how did you get there? I, we show up on the day and that scene's always tabs. Like that scene's got to work. Yeah. Or the right. movie doesn't work. I mean, that's one right. of those right. scenes like this has to work yeah. really well for the movie to work. And I've been working on it, writing, work with the Kiva Gozman, the writer, and ended up being pretty much what he originally wrote. But so can I ask a couple of dumb questions while I do it? Because I just don't know. So, so that's something you sit with him and you're going, hey, I'm thinking I don't like this line. or how yeah, to, I'm, you know. I'm writing more and saying what it's about. It's sort okay. of just opining the text and seeing, you know, okay. and you, and you overwrite and you come, usually come back if it's written well to what the original text was. You're okay. just exploring it. That's cool. Um, so we go in there on the day. Joe Schumacher, the director, is like, okay, we're going to set up some wide shots here. Matthew will give you a little time to warm up. And I was, I was ready. And I didn't, I was not looking anyone in the eye. And I remember I, um, I reached over, he passed, I tapped him because I didn't want to look him in the eye. And I said, which basically saying, no, close up. Wow. Me, now. wow. 
And he, without missing a beat, goes, okay, no, we're not going to do that. Actually, everyone pull the cameras. We're going in here. Da, 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 da. And he set him up. And, I, and as he was setting up, I took a walk. It was a beautiful, sunny day. And I went and read scroll number two out of Agamandino's book. I would greet this day with uh, uh, love in my heart. Mm. And so that, oh, I was, and parcel that with what's the only thing I ever wanted to be, father. Mm. Oh, mm. man. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about this girl and I'm thinking about this. What if that was my daughter? Oh. And then what I did is I remember, and I still try to practice. It doesn't always happen, but I saw the picture in my head, and then I would say what I saw. So I had gone through, and I had pictures in my mind for everything, how what went down, what happened to the girl with the rape and everything. And I would, boom, flash a picture, and then say what I saw. Boom, flash a picture, then say what I saw. And then I just got there and I got to the end and what happened, happened. It's, it's actually, was I acting? Yes. But what's really, what happens when we do our best acting? We're not acting. Yeah. Well yeah. said. That scene. And so is it something where, are they doing, are you having to do that moment numerous times? Cause he no, wants to take, and you see, was, that take you see in the, in the movie. That's take one. Everything. That's one take. That's and were you done? Is that it? it? Yeah, then they popped back and did the wide shots and covered it. We did it, and he goes, got it, locked, one take. <laughs> that is, it is such a powerful scene. Yeah. Well, everything, um, and I got to, I do have a one that yep, I got to yep, yep. jump on, but everything, I always throw this test to myself, and it's, it's, I think you'll get the bigger of it, and because you're performers as well. Everything after take one is acting. It's take one. It's the live. It's the live one. If we tell ourselves we got one freaking take, this is it. Every time yeah. you're on stage, this is it. We, yeah. you either go, Ooh, and you pinch up, or you go, huh, well, F it. Let's rock. <laughs> <laughs> one take. And, you know, you can, I've made performances, and we do, we, we're, as, as musicians, you can make a performance better and take two, take three, yeah. four. Yeah. But yeah. really, if you're prepared and you're just acting and reacting as it naturally comes, take one's the take. Mm. Everything after that actually is acting, actually is performing. Yeah. Yeah. It's modulated. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's so good. Yeah. Well, you're a, you're a legend. Thank you so much for your time. And, and, Great talking and to you, man. Blessed with the book, and I hope it's the biggest thing ever. Green light. Well, Everybody go buy it. <laughs> So we'll good. see you in in Nashville or in Austin. All right, if we're gonna go call, on, call our on. teams, all right, we're gonna respond. We're gonna let's respond. Get the rivalry going. Yeah. Get it going. Let's get some, <laughs> let's get some talk going back and forth. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Thanks, you man. Have a great one. Yeah, right, man. Appreciate it. See you.